0: Thank you for inviting me. I think today what I want to do besides what you already encountered in the magazine and the background that was provided today is just to try to bring you some ideas about the context of urbanization in Latin American countries and try to identify how urban design has to tackle these issues and perhaps uh, trying to explore another notion of urban design in order to fit uh, these challenges. So I'm just gonna talk briefly about three things. One, what is the notion of Latin American urbanisms? And I'm gonna explain later why in plural and not in singular. Second, the challenges of urban design in Latin America. And thirdly, I'm just gonna offer you some expanded notion of urban design. So recently, a lot of attention has been given to the transformation of some of the cities in Latin America, and perhaps some of the innovations have been capturing the attention of international press in terms of the design of public space, the role of infrastructure, um, and also the idea of intervening in informal settlements, and has been very well known the case of Medellín and Bogotá, and also in Brazil, some of the cities, especially Rio and Sao Paulo. Um, However, it's worth knowing that when we are talking about Latin American cities, it's a broad generalization. Each country has a different trajectory. Even though they come from uh, similar origins, I think we need to start thinking the idea of this mestizo urbanism that is very particular. And we also need to address Latin American cities from this intercontinental trajectory of policies, people, and capital. The transformation of Latin American cities has been also very well influenced by the ideas of modernism, modern planning, and it was a a fertile laboratory of the modern project. And also, as uh, Sebastian was uh, saying earlier, is a very fertile, innovative laboratory of different strategies of urban transformation not only in terms of the physical realm, in terms of the rapid, bus rapid transit, cable cars, iconic Islamic grading, but also in, dif- in providing different schemes of participatory budgeting, participatory planning, and perhaps Colombia and Brazil offer a really important example of progressive urban planning with all the problems that it has, but yet very important to look at. And perhaps by trying to challenge the idea of just being product of the conquest of the Spaniards, I want to take you back to what I think is the origin and just to start decolonizing the mind of the imperial view. I could argue that in these spaces that are still preserved is perhaps some of the answers and some of the lessons that we still need to use and apply to understand that idea of the mestizo urbanism or the palimpsest of the different layouts and the different cultures that encapsulate the spaces of Latin American cities. And these pre-Hispanic urbanisms, as I said, can provide powerful ideas of how to even grasp at alternative views of urban design. And also to connect with, it's gonna be addressed later, I think the idea of the Greek and the uh, Indian laws, it needs to be understood in the sense that it was a mark of possession, a sign of power. And in that regard, was the sign of the creation of a new world. And by the way, every place where the cities were created coincide explicitly where indigenous settlements were in place. So, this overlapping by force is also a starting point of the transformation of Latin American cities. And even the notion of what we tell or we call now Latin American cities was just starting to be coined during the 50s and the 60s in order to address the particular uh, features of this urban transformation. And just to give you a, a quick a glimpse of how can we understand this urban structure and its transformation. Some geographers have provided some ideas of how uh, the transformation of the city has taken place. And as Sebastian was saying, the idea of the center has been always crucial despite the biggest transformation and the multiple centers. But now we can recognize a multi-center, fragmented and dispersed urban structure that that has to be understood Uh, completely in its very complexity. And something uh, relevant also when we are addressing Latin American uh, cities is to understand that mostly the cities or the urban systems within each country are macrocephalic urban systems. In other words, most of the population live in capital cities with with few exceptions in Colombia and perhaps in Mexico and Brazil but most of the, of the population inhabit in the capital cities. And that's why the density and the complexity of addressing this, uh, these, uh, these cities. Um, as it was mentioned before, Latin America is also recognized by the large extent of inequality. It's perhaps one of the most unequal cities uh, in regions in the world, and also one of the most urbanized around 80% of the population in Latin America lives in cities and out of this 80%, 24% of this population is supposed to be living in very deprived conditions. But the question that I want you to think about and the one that I want you to have in mind when addressing each one of the elements that I'm gonna be talking about is what is the role of urban design in the spatial distribution of privilege and deprivation in Latin American cities. Does urban design have any role in this structural condition that are embraced by the spatial crystallization of how a society is? And I argue that urban design needs to reclaim its political relevance in order to avoid what was said before in terms of our beautiful drawings that don't go anywhere most of the times. And perhaps that is a really good call to understand that in order to be relevant, perhaps the operation needs to change. Challenge the decision-making over space. And in that regard, promote a critical understanding of urban transformation and everyday practices. When the absence of the voice of the underprivileged that was mentioned before is perhaps the very essence of the problems that we encounter with the practice of urban design in Latin America today. And I could argue that the main challenges for Latin American uh, urban design can be summarized in four elements. When I was preparing the talk, I identified 10, but then I said I cannot illustrate everything in 20 minutes, so I summarized and tried to give some priorities. Um, And mainly the four Topics are the role of public space, the centrality that was um, very well described at the beginning, um, the pro-entrepreneurial urbanism, peripheral marginality, and the territorial scale of infrastructures. And I'm going to refer to each one of those, providing some examples. Here you can see two different projects in downtown areas one in Mexico and the other in Bogota. But I want to point out in these projects, I'm not gonna describe the projects because you are very well-versed in in what it takes, all the images. But what is important about these two projects is that they were very well designed, conceived by very well-known architects. However, both projects were blocked and faced very strong civic uh, opposition. Mainly because we're imposed designs, none of those two projects were consulted with the citizens that were affected, and yet were located in the most strategic and in the areas that have the more uh, the highest symbolic value for the citizens, that is downtown area. So the the one example is Corredor de Chapultepec, where it was enormous investment of money to try to transform this space, to try to come up with this two, three level public space, yet it was uh, called to a referendum and basically the no won in this case. And in this project in Bogota, Parque del Bicentenario, after they were starting to build the project, the neighbors realized that the scale and the quality of the project was completely diminishing the heritage buildings that are surrounding and also messing up with the natural elements that were around. And now what we can find is a halfway through project that is blocked. Other uh, example in Bogota, and I apologize because it's cut all the text then from now on I I could say is uh, Park Plaza de San Victorino. That was one attempt, apparently very successful, in cleaning up uh, the public space from street vendors and trying to, uh, in a way, clean up the view of the perspective of the downtown area. So in order to generate new public space, some of the economic circuits, circuits were dismantled and it all the relocation strategy has been contested. So perhaps what we need to think when we are dealing with urban uh, design is that we need also to address not only how the plaza is gonna look like, but what's the life of the ones that were inhabiting this space, and what is the impact on the economic circuits that were in place. Uh, When I'm addressing, or when I'm uh, calling pro-entrepreneurial urbanism, I'm um, covering different elements. One that is very vivid in the case of Rio with all the mega events that are coming up, Olympics, World Cup, and all the other uh, events. All the mega projects involved, and you already have a very serious experience with the legacy or not of the Olympics, is that in order to provide new public infrastructure, this process is done at the expense of the cleansing of favelas. This is a very famous project called Porto Maravilla. And in this case, part of the, of the front of the seal side is being transformed and is being created all this new infrastructure, this new museum. However, one of the most traditional favelas of the city is just in the center of that area. And they haven't been able to address how to preserve the location of these uh, inhabitants. Um, On the other hand, you have two main trends. One that you can identify uh, on your left, that is this uh, proliferation of vast gated communities that are taking advantage of uh, all the ecological and landscape values uh, that are located in the peripheries, and you can see two very quintessential examples of North Delta in Buenos Aires and Alpha Bill in Sao Paulo. Are enormous private cities that only cluster most of the elite or the rising middle class. And on, on the other side, you can um, visualize how, for instance, in Santiago and Buenos Aires, uh, you have the a increased number of the increase of density but also great speculation with urban land, promoting gentrification, and some of the authors argue that this is a state-led gentrification. And you would wonder, what is the role of urban designers here? Is it just about doing better the green spaces for the gated communities? Is it only about providing some nicer public space, regardless of the land speculation that is around? Who benefits from that? What is the role of land value capture and what is the intersection of urban design, land value capture, and how are you financing these type of projects? Um, when I mentioned peripheral marginality, I'm referring to, in a way, the two sides of the same coin. On the one hand, self-built settlements that are defined by the incremental building of housing by the self-provision most of the time of public utilities but that is precarious but also we have found in Latin America very clever and innovative programs um, to address and to improve the housing and the public conditions, uh, the livability conditions of these areas, and two of the main programs were Favela Barrio uh, in Rio, and Social Urbanism in Medellin. However, despite the successes of these two programs, one in the 90s in the case of Brazil, and the other in 2000 in the case of Colombia, there's always the issue of sustainability. What happened afterwards? and what happened in terms of the governance of these projects and what is the best approach is to promote the acupuncture of these small public spaces, is to do a bigger um, approach in terms of providing high-scale infrastructure. And as I said, the other side of the same coin is that when you think the state and the market mainly, complicit one with each other, um, is providing or solving the problem that was supposed to have the low income communities that live in these uh, other settlements. This is a type of response. The massive serial uh, uh, housing that is, complete, is located in completely remote places. Most of the times completely detached of infrastructure, of the proximity to any opportunity to have economic, uh, any type of economic linkage with the city. And of course, precarious livelihoods. What is the role of the urban designer when producing mass uh, housing? Is it just about doing the grid, replicating the grid? Is it about providing more public space, or is it about trying to find more uh, smart ways to provide affordable housing within central areas? Is that a question for urban design? Is only the uh, question or a concern for urban planners or politicians or policy makers, shall urban design have to have a say in this process? And lastly, uh, I think the other challenge is regarding territorial escape of infrastructure. And I could say that part of the challenges of urban design in Latin America is this disconnection between the regulatory frameworks of spatial planning the ideas and the political times of the provision and the execution of infrastructure and the role that urban design has in order to bridge in a way this disconnection. And I could say that uh, most of the people that work in transit planning don't care about what's happening in the surroundings of the infrastructure and what is the spatial impact of the provision of this infrastructure. What type of transit-oriented development can be catered to these type of environments when we are dealing with informal settlements, with uh, self-provided housing, and how can we deal with all the mess that nowadays in Bogota is very famous for with uh, urban design? What could happen uh, in the surrounding area of of stations? And what is the economical transformation that also needs to happen to connect the transformation of the city in the surrounding areas of this infrastructure? And on the other side, When I refer to infrastructure, I'm not only thinking in the brick and mortar, but also the shift that we need to do in order to address and bring uh, inside our expertise the idea of the ecological networks and how the green infrastructure needs also to be considered as part of the conception, not only of transportation, but also in terms of how to expand public space as well. And part of the challenges is the need of having this multi-scalar approach to address environmental ecosystems, yet the administrative competences and the planning tools get, they fall really short when addressing this uh, need of having or extending the understanding of the ecosystem beyond the territorial domain. So, uh, When we see those four challenges, I think the traditional idea of design needs to get challenged. We discuss a lot in our course, and I teach urban design, that we have, in a way, some inadequate understanding of our epistemological apparatus to address elements that come from informality, the disputed state territorial control. We cannot assume that the state has the power to regulate space and the space uh, control. We are facing hyper-transformations, very accelerated transformations. Latin American cities, perhaps in two decades or three, especially during the 60s and the 70s, and perhaps since the 50s, they completely uh, transform. Most of the uh, immigration took place in these decades. And only afterwards, during the 90s and 2000s, planning is trying to go back and try to address all the lack of understanding and the provision and the future forward uh, uh, thinking that was needed at the time. And uh, also the other element that challenges uh, our assumptions about how urban design needs to operate in this context is the idea of having or understanding the different political practices that take place in the space. So these beautiful projects can be done and by understanding how power operates perhaps could be a way to address this limitation that urban design in the traditional sense has. And in a way addressing multi-actor, multi-temporal and multi-scale and multidisciplinary ways is the only way to address this complexity. So what type of urban design practice is required to face these challenges? And I would say that we need to start shifting the perspective and trying to understand how we do a negotiated co-production of a space. There's a structural bias of neglecting the knowledge of the citizens and of the other producers of the space. And if you are thinking in this type of environment, which oftentimes this is a, the, the context where, where we operate, you cannot think with the imperial, orthodox planning and urban design approach. Who knows better how mobility works in here? You, the expert, or the citizen that has to deal with that every single day. So basically what I'm arguing for is a shift in the urban design perspective, from an idea of having an autonomous discipline, market driven solution based practice where the practitioner has the authority knowledge to a more multidisciplinary social spatial action research, politically grounded and engaged practice, and that overall is critical, reflexive and understand the other members of society as their interlocutors. Thank you.